This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here with uh, Senator Rob Myers. How you doing, Rob? So far, so good today. I just, uh, man, I, we're in Juneau, obviously, and I forgot the mic, one of the microphones, so I had to run back up Star Hill, <laughs> where we, you were talking about North Pole, there's no hills, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not like uh, here. Nice, nice flat ground. It's uh, a lot easier to go out on a bicycle there than, uh, than in Juneau, I imagine, for most, most places. So I had to run back home and grab the mics and then come down, and um, I, saw, I saw this girl on this uh, bike, and she was going up this steep hill and like the low... I guess the high gear, mm-hmm. very fit. I'm thinking, Jesus, how do you? It's like, it's like a 70 degree. Seems like angle. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad you're here. I've been trying to. I wanted to get the podcast with you um, all session. I know you're busy, but it's your first time in Juno as a as a senator. So, right. Right. a lot of folks go to the House and then Senate. Some people do go straight to the Senate. But um, what's yeah. I want to talk about how you got elected, but kind of what's your f- first impression, you know, so far the first session? So, well, so, uh, as you say, some people go from the House to the Senate. I uh, did a little bit different route. The last time I was here, I was an intern. So uh, I, I got promoted from intern to senator, uh, if you want to <laughs> say that route. And, and uh, Didn't you say you didn't even recognize, like, they added the sky bridge or something? Yeah, yeah. So they added, uh, the last time I was here was 2007, and the, the legislature hadn't bought the, uh, the old Scottish temple there yet. And so uh, the only buildings for the legislature at that time was the main Capitol and then the Terry Miller building behind it. And so I get down here. And Love that Terry Miller. You know. uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, now, now I get down here and they've, they've bought the Scottish Rite building, which I'd heard about. Uh, I hadn't heard that they'd put the sky bridge in. So I, I show up and, oh, that's brand new. OK. And uh, so I got to figure out you know, figure out where things are inside that building. I've ended up with a uh, couple of committees over there and one of which I chair. And okay, so I got to find my committee room and everything. But yeah, that's, there's a, a lot that's changed in, in 14 years. And, uh, you know, the last time I was here, well, we had money and that has, that's not the case. That was anymore. before, that was Palin and that was before the price of oil spiked to, you know, almost 150. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the ACES was in place, so huge Yep. No, that wasn't deficit. It was that back then it was a surplus, big, big time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was here in, in, when I was here in 07, think we were just starting that, that real huge climb in, in state revenue. The oil prices had been going up. ACEs didn't get passed until the following year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we were, we were starting to rake in the dough and, you know, we got near the end of the session. I was over here in conversations going, Hey, we've got extra money. What do you want to spend it on? I'm going, uh, okay. That's strange, but okay. Uh, I've heard stories back then at that time when they do the new re- you know, the revenue forecast spring revenue forecast and they'd run down to the bars and they'd say get back to the capital we got another everybody's got another million bucks or so each office <laughs> 60 million go what do, you, what do you want yeah yeah it wasn't quite that bad i mean i've heard some of those kinds of stories from the 80s too and stuff and uh wasn't wasn't quite that bad in 07 but it was uh, a little eye opening that at, at how fast they wanted to spend money as it was coming in uh makes you Makes you think about uh, the flip side with what we've got now, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, maybe we didn't quite uh, go the correct direction there. So you're chairing transportation, right? I am. Yep. So that's one. Not, that's not one of the 
That's one of the kind of less contentious committees, but uh, usually yes. You do have a gavel. So have you have you been in like boards or commissions before in the past? Have you have you done like a meet run a meeting or? Nope, all brand all all brand new to me. Um, I when we sat down to do organization uh, the after the election last year, I I told people I said I, I you know I've got some committees I want to be on, but I don't want to be a chair because I, I haven't done this before. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to break myself into it, and I was kind of informed that no, that's not how this works. If you're in the Senate, you're going to be a, and in the majority, you're going to be a chair of something. And I went, oh, okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, I had to kind of break myself in. Fortunately, with transportation, it is a, a, a pretty easy one. You know, we only run a couple of bills at a time. It's it's not uh, contentious, not usually fast-paced a little bit now because we're near the end of the session here. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. And, and uh, I've got, got some good staff, too, that have been around for a while. So I do. I do. I got lucky with that. I got uh, uh, Michaela, who you know, uh, she's been down here for, I think this is her fifth year down here now. And uh, I got uh, Teresa working for me, who uh, was here for six years, and then she took a four-year break. And so now she's back with me. And uh, yeah, I got I got lucky with some some good people. And so they're they're helping me uh, settle in with, and, uh, you know, show me the ropes a little bit. And and uh, everybody's been real good about, uh, all right, well, we'll, you know, figure out how to, how to run a meeting. All right, well, we'll show you how. And, you know, we'll mm-hmm. get it all lined out behind the, behind the scenes and, you know, line me out a little bit during committee if necessary. And uh, I think everything's been, been working out fairly well. So it took a while. Like the, the Senate organized on the first day. The House took a month. But typically, mm-hmm. like going back, this is kind of an anomaly now where it takes a while to organize. In the, in the past, they'd organize a week or right. a couple of days after the election. You guys tried to, but there was... It was, I think, mostly over the dividend. But remember, you guys were at GCI that one day, and I found right. out about it, and I showed up, and yep. I, I got yep. outed, and then they sent me down some, some, a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Were, I, I remember. Uh, I heard you were down there, and so we were uh, staring out the window trying to find your car, see if we could see it. <laughs> License plate speedo. So. <laughs> couldn't couldn't quite couldn't quite see the plate from where we were sitting, bad angle. But uh, yeah, we we're trying to find you down there, and uh, yeah, let's uh, without spilling the beans too much, let's just say that there were a lot of um, philosophical differences in, within the. Uh, Republican majority and we worked out some of them and we haven't worked out all of them and kind of under the we kind of knew going into this that we weren't going to work out all of them and so mm-hmm. we we're trying to trying to come up with a situation that that everybody could uh, I don't know necessarily be happy with but at least we could be functional with and 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 be productive with well it's I mean so far it's it's functioned I mean there's been some everybody has you know issues never perfect but i think going forward here we're almost to the end and this dividend is going to pop up next week or right fairly soon in the finance committee and then the the floor and that that's gonna you know the house had failed 2020 right um and it's just really gonna be i mean that's gonna every year for the last five almost six years now that's been the the big why do you i mean you're you're like a full pfd guy but you're, mm-hmm. you're also kind of the is it is it a constitutional th- i mean do you you probably understand we got to fix it somehow we can't right. keep fighting so, right. I mean, what are your thoughts? I know we, we interviewed you, basically. I remember we, we went back um, last uh, fall. We came down for mm-hmm. your election. And I, I want to go back and talk about that a little bit. But we discussed this, and you had that kind of weird three, three-way three race <laughs> that later became two-way, but it was after the deadline, so it was right. still technically three. Yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> definitely an interesting election. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the dividend goes, it, it has to be you, – you can come up with a short-term payment every year, and – uh, if you look at the last time that we had a, a roll call vote on it in the Senate, uh, can't remember if it was last year or two years ago, it, it the the full dividend failed ten ten. Mm-hmm. Well, now we changed out two against for two four, so theoretically it should be twelve eight uh, in favor. See, I, I was 
I think it's eleven nine. I mean, everybody, anybody can can move, but I, it looks to me like eleven nine. That's possible too, but then you still end up passing. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, you you end up with a full dividend passing, but that's year to year and can change every election. It can change. Shoot, we have members retire. You know, members members resign. Members die. You know, we had had one guy. Yeah, uh, Chris Turner Birch died a couple of years ago. It was right, very, very sad. And he was, um, interestingly, he was kind of the he was like the almost no dividend. He's like, if we can't afford it, let's do, right. you know, let, and then he was, he had the amendment to cut it down. And there was, I was there watching that. And it was very, they were saying, don't do this. Don't introduce this amendment. You know, and he did. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, things, things happen at a moment's notice here. And so if you want a permanent fix uh, between what the legislature's done, what governor Walker did between, and, and then the court case, the, the Willikowski case, really the only permanent fix is going to be to have a constitutional amendment of some kind to state this is what it's going to be and you can't mess with it anymore. Otherwise, we're going to just keep having this political football year to year, every year, and it you know, could go one way, could go another way, depends on how elections go, but you're going to, you're going to end up having the argument every year. But an amendment's tough because it's two-thirds in each body right? and then the vote. So to, to me, for that to happen, there has to be a much grander uh, bargain. Right. For other, you know, spending limits or revenues or income tax or it's got to be like a lot of things for that. And even then, it's probably very tough. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you go you go back to um, the last time that, that we had, you know, kind of a, somebody laid out a whole grand bargain. You know, people have laid out different pieces of it over, over the last few years. But the last time there was a full grand bargain laid out was in 2015 and uh, under under Walker and. Well, it fell apart because, you know, you, you end up with that's the problem with these big grand bargains is all it takes is one piece to fail. Uh-huh. And, you know, somebody get cold feet on one piece of it and then the whole sucker falls apart. And, um, you know, it, it, it makes you wonder, OK, do we have to have a grand bargain? Yeah, eventually, yes. But do you know, can't is it going to be possible to attack it that way or do we have to attack it one piece at a time? And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think it's probably best to. You attack the most controversial piece right at the outset. Get that one off the table, and then the rest of it, you know, mm-hmm. should be a little bit easier. Not not that it's going to be easy completely. Of course, there's still going to be plenty of arguments, but um, you know, you get the bit, the hardest one out of the way first, and then the rest of it, you know, actually might work. So, so I want to talk about how you got elected. You filed to run against Senator Cogill in the primary, mm-hmm. and as I'm somebody who watches politics, I watch all the races, and we actually came, we came and we did a profile on. Um, after you won the primary, we did right. the profile. But we were watching several. I think the kind of ones people were watching were the uh, Giesel Holland one, yep, and then you and um, Coghill, and there were some others. You know, the Stevens one got pretty close. He kind of squeaked it out, and the Von Imhoff one that I was watching very right. closely. That <laughs> <laughs> you were, yeah, a little personal investment. <laughs> I, in yeah, I was watching that one pretty close. <laughs> she eked it out, but you uh, beat Senator Coghill, mm-hmm. and you know, looking at your APOC reports, I mean. You didn't spend a ton of money. And, and no, he, I was broke. He, he had a lot of money, but he didn't spend a lot of money. Right. Which is interesting. We saw, we saw that after the election, he transferred, I think, 10000 to a future campaign account, which is the max for a Senate. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, he, I think he gave 20 some thousand dollars away to charity because that's how much money he had. Right. He hadn't spent. So I heard, I heard he, I, I never actually went back to look. I heard at one point he was talking about taking some of that and handing it to the party in general, but I he might've done that. that. I mean, he might've, I've, he, he, he gave out about 20, I think it was 25,000. I have to go check to be okay. exact, but that was plus the 10,000 he put to the future campaign account. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess, why did you decide to run? Um, and then what do you credit, you know, beating 
um, a very you know well known mm-hmm. kind of incumbent and well known family guy, you know Coghill name, right, right. out of um, out of the primary. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't get a much bigger name in this state than Coghill, especially in Fairbanks, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, up in the interior, definitely. Um, I mean, so I I got I decided to run. Honestly, I got mad and I, I decided that uh, started thinking back about July of 2019 that okay, it's it, maybe it's time for a change. And I actually went and talked to a couple of people that I knew and said, hey, you you need to take this guy on, and you know maybe I can. Uh, I, I talked to a couple of actually elected officials and said, you need to take this guy on and I'll run for your seat. And, you know, that way we save, save the conservative seat. And, and they're like, no, I, I really don't want to do that. And I said, okay. And, uh, took me about a month or so to kind of screw up my courage and go, okay, I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot. So you filed in 19. Yep. Filed in November of 19. And, uh, yeah, decided kind of said to myself, well, it's going to be a tough job, but somebody needs to do it. And, uh, then everything went nuts with COVID in 2020 mm-hmm. in, in March. And I went, oh crap, what the hell did I do? And, and, and you to, to folks, to folks don't know, you're one of the few, um, folks in the legislature who has a full time, who works. Yep. You're a truck driver. Yep. You go, you go to the hall road on the slope and yep. who do you work for? Is it, I got a, It's a small company in North pole. It's called black gold. Oh yeah. Black. Yeah. I know, I know them. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I, know yeah. I used to work in. Oil and gas a bit, and we did, they shipped they shipped our a lot of our stuff. GBR, the company used to work for. Oh, okay, yep. They shipped our stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen GBR. Those stuff. guys are those gold, black gold guys are fun. <laughs> <laughs> those are some funnel boys. Yeah, yeah. No, we got we got uh, some some longtime truck drivers there. You know, uh, you know, some change out, of course. You know, as as people are retiring and stuff. But uh, yeah, we got a few guys that you know been around the, doing this for 30, 40 years. But yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I was saying you're one of the few guys that have a job. I mean, there's sixty people, and you know, I've taken the position, and, and a lot of people think I'm crazy. I think we should pay legislators. You know, one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. because if you're younger and you have a family, um, and it's supposed to be a citizen legislature, it's very hard. I mean, for you, I assume you're not working now, right? You are making some money here, but you're mm-hmm. probably making. I assume making probably you know, giving up income by driving the truck. I am. I am. Yeah. So I'll go back to um, the. I've been talking to my wife and my boss about this, and the plan is once I get out of here, I'll take uh, and get home. I'll I'll take a week or two off and you know, kind of rest a little bit and, you know, actually get to know the people I live with again and uh, then go back to work. And, uh, you know, I, I told them back at the beginning of January when I left, I said, all right, well, I should be back around the end of May. And they said, all right, well, we'll be glad to see you back. And uh, so I love like I have this uh, senator gig. I gotta... <laughs> Is that OK? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> yeah, I got I got to be there in about a week. And, um, you know, so I, um, you know, that, so I'm hoping to go back to, to my job and, and, you know, of course, driving truck, a lot of it's based on the, on the oil industry in this state, especially with the company I work for. And so I'm hoping that we actually still have work, uh, from, from what I've been told, it's, uh, it's gone down a little bit. We don't, didn't have, uh, nearly as much as we were hoping, uh, just some, some crazy stunt, it, you know, we've seen the stuff with the Biden administration, everything that's been, well, the kind the Conoco deal and the uh, mm-hmm. Willow, Willow. I mean, yeah, there's stuff that's been Right. It concerns me. You know, it's, I used to work in that industry. I have a lot of friends who work in that industry. And- right. And, you know, fortunately, the, the people that we work for, uh, the, the companies that we contract with weren't directly affected. But, you know, when something like that happens, it, it, it has ripple effects to everybody. You know, there, you know, some work that we were hoping to get would get picked up by another company or something like that. And so um, hopefully I still have plenty of work when I get back. But, yeah, you're right. I, I, I do lose income by by coming down here. I'm hoping that between my my. Uh, staff as a senator, or excuse me, my salary. Uh, my salary as a senator. There we go. And then what I'll make once I get back home. Um, in the end, I'll come out about even at the end of the year compared to if I just stayed at my regular mm-hmm. job. Um, 
but then I also end up spending a lot more money down here than if I'd stayed home too. So, um, to your, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people go after the per diem and I think it's easy to get mad about the per diem, but I mean, I, I come down here and you know, I'm, I'm not a legislator, but I live here yeah. and it's expensive. I have a not cheap place. And yep. if you're going to fly back sometimes and see your family or, um, you know, even just kind of living, having keeping two, two, I mean, I've got a place in Anchorage. So keeping two places is not, uh, it's not cheap. Right. Yeah. It's an expensive town. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, and, and it's even more expensive when you got a family back home to support, you know, not just a, a place sitting empty for you. So, um, you know, I shoot up, I'm, you know, trying to live down here and I'm, you know, trying to pay rent and, and eat and everything. And then I got five kids back home that are trying to eat too. And yeah, five, I think I had three or five kids. I got five kids. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, you're, I think we're about the same age, right? You're in your thirties. I'm 37. I'm 36. No kids. <laughs> five kids. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. I can't even, can't even imagine. I have friends with kids, but so you started having kids pretty old. Your oldest kid. Uh, she's going to turn nine this weekend. Wow. So yeah, started in the twenties. Yep. Yep. I yep. Was, so I got married when I was 26, had her first kid when I was 27 and, or no, excuse me, other way around. Got married when I was 27, had first kid when I was 28 and here I am at 37 and yep. Got, uh, got five of them sitting at home and eating my groceries and, and, uh, so do know. they have, they, I saw your wife down here w- once, but. Uh, kids yep. come down much or is that kids haven't come down uh we talked about it and so my wife's actually been down here twice now um she actually just showed up this last weekend uh i she didn't tell me how she was coming unannounced <laughs> <laughs> completely unannounced uh had a had a friend of ours that uh, uh gave her the airline mile so she could come down here and so friday night last week i uh walk into a room and what are you doing here and uh just checking up on you <laughs> yeah completely shocked so she even told me that before she got down here or before that she came to meet me uh she had gotten off the airplane and gone over to my hotel and uh conned her way into getting a room key so she could drop her her luggage off okay. before she came to met me and i'm like oh okay great security there but uh clever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they used to for a while they were doing i don't know from fairbanks but from anchorage did you know they were doing five thousand miles Alaska uh, airlines and then they stopped doing that uh, last month so i now, think now it's back to 12 each way five thousand now it's like twelve. 7,500 or 12,500. Yeah, it's, I can't remember if she said it was 12, 5, or 15 out of Fairbanks, something like that. But yeah, it's it, it's significant. You know, it's 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 enough. You can do that to California sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So so you're doing the, you file the COVID hits and that makes it more challenging. And and like we said, you didn't have a ton of money. Nope. Were you hitting doors over the summer? Were you, I mean, were you doing, I know you were doing some social media stuff. I was doing a lot, I was doing a lot of social media. So initially when I filed, my plan was, okay, once, uh, you know, once things start, uh, warming up in Fairbanks, you know, so like March time frame, then I'll start, uh, you know, I'll just go out and knock on doors, you know, Senator Coggill's down here doing the, doing the legislature. He can't campaign during the legislature. So I'm going to go out and knock on doors while he's busy. Um, I knew I wasn't going to get a ton of money. So I, I knew I think I was, you raised like less than 10 grand, right? Seven, 7,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right about 7,000 for the primary. And, uh, so I figured, all right, well, the, the cheapest and to, you know, to argue with some people, the, the most effective way is you just go out and knock on doors and it, it's just time consuming. So I figured, all right, March, I'll start knocking on doors. And, and I went out for a, a couple of weekends and then COVID hit and I kind of figured, well, I don't think people are going to want me on their doorstep for a while. So I kind of switched tracks and did a bunch of social media and everything. And then, uh, I think people in, in the North pole area, at least kind of started to relax a little bit about COVID once summer hit, um, you know, people were ready for a little more interaction. So I started out knocking on doors again, uh, back about the end of June and had some good reception and made it through, uh, most of, of district three and, 
a little bit of District 4. I, I wanted to get up there to to part of it at so least. So 3 is the North Pole. That's the Rep Prax district, right? Correct. More, a little more conservative. And then 4 is the Greyer Hopkins. Correct. So not, not as, you know, a little more progressive. I mean, maybe a little more even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at the, the voter registrations and, you know, you get a lot of Republicans in District 3 and, you know, some Republicans, not as many in District 4. So, so just thinking for a primary, all right, I need to concentrate my effort in District 3. So are you... Um, using lists or database? I mean, did you know, like, did you kind of know to focus on kind of the people who vote, this, call them super voters or the Republicans or the, und, you know, the to, conservative undeclareds? To some extent, yeah. So what I did uh, to start with is I just grabbed the voter list from the state and uh, the voter list from the state actually not only says your name and your party you registered to and your address, but it also says uh, which elections you voted mm-hmm. in. So I was able to look at that and go, oh, okay, well, this guy hasn't voted since 2016, so he, he might not even live there anymore, so I can skip that house. Well, this guy's voted in 18 and 16 and 14. Oh, he's probably going to vote again. Okay, I, I need to knock on that door. And then I had somebody um, a couple of months later hook me up with uh, an app. I360? Uh, no, I didn't find that one until the general. Um, that's, the, a, that's a pretty popular one that people. Yes. People, it's very because it's you can do it on your phone or tablet and it, it has all the data in there. Right. So right. And kind of automatically gives you like a walk list or, a, or a, even a call. You can do a call list. Right. Yep. And, um, the know, one I the one I used was called the GOP Advantage. I guess it's one that's put together by the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And somebody was able to set me up on that back in uh, like May last year. And so I was able to, with that one, I was actually able to, to plant, uh, actually get an actual map of it. And so I could plan out my route a little easier before it had been, you know, I was just finding addresses in a database and, you know, kind of doing it myself. And so as you're out driving around, you're like, okay, wait, where's, where's that one again? Oh, oh, well, I'm doubling back on myself. I'm killing time here. Oh, whatever. Um, so not not the most efficient, not the most efficient. No, it, it gave me the information I needed, but, uh, not in a, a, Form that was all that useful. So throughout the summer, you're campaigning, and mm-hmm. um, I wasn't up there until the fall. But it, it seemed like Senator Coghill wasn't doing a ton of campaigning. No, not directly. Is that, is that the he uh, he did the campaigning that I'm aware of that he did. He sent out uh, some letters. Uh, he was doing some social media. There was a few videos I saw on social media. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, especially like those last about two three weeks uh, before the primary. He was he started doing a bunch of videos uh, out on social media as well. Um, so I uh, and yeah, we didn't cross paths a whole lot. So I don't know all of what he did. And I mean, I think everybody agreed that campaigning last year, it was a weird year anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was a strange one. I, I heard him on the radio a couple of times, um, not radio ads, but just just doing talk radio and stuff. Um, so so what do you what do you attribute you know, granted, you didn't, didn't have a ton of money. You worked worked hard. Mm-hmm. Was it the dividend? Was it kind of his association with certain people in the, you know, Senate? You know, like Kathy Giesel, she lost too. They were so, kind of allied. Yep. Uh, so that was, that was part. Um, so what I what I kind of focused the campaign on was the dividend, the budget, the binding caucus. Um, I didn't really bring it up much. I didn't think that it. I didn't feel that it was. Uh, appropriate to bring it up since it had already, already been repealed, but a lot of people were still mad at him for SB 91. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he and I talked after the primary and he, he specifically mentioned SB 91 as, as a reason that, that uh, some people stayed away from him. Um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't really try to use that one myself, uh, but I think a lot of people just, they, they were ready for change and he'd been here for 20 years. And uh, I, I commend anybody who's able to stick it out this long, that long in this building um, it, it gets pretty grueling on you, um, personally. This is my 
third year coming down here and man it's <laughs> i don't know i mean yeah building's yeah, got exa- problems right yeah and we're coming down here to the the end of the session you know everything's starting to get real heated mm-hmm. and uh so i mean i commend anybody who can who can be here that long but you know times changed and i don't i don't know maybe he just didn't change enough with him or maybe uh you know to some extent he reflected an older do you think style, he did you think maybe? he didn't take you serious uh, i think that's a possibility i think that's a possibility he, like i said we, he didn't spend he had a lot of money he didn't spend right right well i mean he kind of he, he he was kind of caught in a little bit of a bind there between myself and then and then marna Sanford marna. for for the general um <clears throat> you know he that she started raising a ton of money back in March last year when she uh, when she ran the Democrat uh, the Democrats were giving a whole ton of money and you know so by the time of the primary I think she already had something like fifty thousand or I something think she had more than that yeah, yeah was, maybe sixty she was raising a lot because and then afterwards the, after when you won they really got triggered I mean they, they really got activated not triggered but activated they were like right. oh man we now we have a shot at the seat right um, so I want to ask you did you before the election in August. Mm-hmm. Honest, honest. Do you think you were going to win? So when I filed, I figured there were enough people mad at him that I was going to get a 20% right off the bat, just a protest vote more than anything else. All I had to do is put my name on the ballot and I'll get 20%. And so my goal was, all right, how do I get from 20 to 50? And um, I figured it was going to be close. I didn't think it was going to be as close as it was. Uh, it was uh, what was the final? It was 14. It? Yeah, 14 votes, right? 14 votes. I had to come down here for a recount. Um, and so that was a little nerve wracking, but, uh, yeah, I, I figured it would be, it figured it'd be kind of close. Cause the impression that I got as the campaign went along where there were just a lot of unhappy people out there. And, uh, you know, I got that impression from knocking on doors from people, uh, you know, saying hi to me, waving at me, uh, you know, while I'm waving signs on the street corners, those last couple of weeks and stuff. I mean, um, and it's, it's just. It, it's just crazy. I mean, I had I was out waving signs on a, a street corner one time, probably about a week before the primary, and this guy rolls down his window and he points at me and says, "Robert, you're the one." I'm like, "Oh, oh okay, all right." So, wow. <laughs> you know, 14, it, yeah, I, I remember that was because because he, he was you were further ahead. Wait, how'd that work? Because there was that second round of the mail and mm-hmm. you, you were you were um you were further ahead, right? And he, right. He, he caught up. Right. So uh, after the f- just like Von Imhoff and Stevens were both correct having problems, and then and then the the mail-in ballots started coming in. Right. And they started to go. Yep. So the the way it ended up working, so you kind of had three rounds. You had your your day of election, and once that was over, I was up by it was like 120, 130, something like that. I'm going, wow, okay. And then uh, a week later, they do their first count on the absentees, and it, I, and then some of the early votes too. They don't count all the early votes right. on the same on the. They count all the early votes something up to like a week before or five days before or something. Right. Yeah. I think they go through like the Friday before or something. And so yeah, they counted. Uh, so then you've got some of the early votes, and then you've got all the absentees that come in for that week after. And so they do that counting, and my margin shrinks from 120 down to eight. I'm going, oh crud. And then yeah, I remember I was like, wow, that's close, because because <laughs> Stevens and Von Imhoff started to. They were both losing, but then they picked up quite a bit. Right. After the first, I think, first round. And then they picked up more. Right. Right. And then so this and then the second round of absentees, uh, they count uh, that Friday. So by now we're about 10 days after the after the uh, election day. And I actually picked up a few more. So I went from eight up to up to 14. Um, And then I come and then that's uh, plenty within the margin of error. It's within a half a percent. And we were at like point three percent or something. When yeah, you so do the math. automatic recount. Yeah. 
Yep. So the recount got triggered. And so I had to frantically find a way to get down here to Juno to, uh, to watch that recount. And, uh, I frantically made some w- phone weren't calls. You at one, I think I heard at one point, maybe it was after the recount, but there was something and, and you said, well, I'm, I'm driving the truck or someone told me there was some oh, yeah. thing and they said, sorry, I'm on the hall road. I, I'll call you back or something. Yeah, no, I, I, this guy's a legend. I said, this is, (laughs) well, yeah. So I had a, uh, so I had come the way I had arranged my schedule. Uh, I was in Fairbanks on the day of the, on election day. So I could go around and, you know, wave signs and everything. And then I worked for, uh, let's see, that's right. I was, I was in town the Tuesday. I stayed in town Wednesday. Uh, then Thursday through the following, uh, Monday I worked. I, I remember thinking like, Holy shit! This fucking guy is like driving a truck when he's like, you know, when it, with a, with a ten twenty vote, fifteen vote margin, and dude's driving a truck on the hall road. I said, this is like, this is from a movie, you know? Yeah, made for a movie. So, yep. So I, uh, I I arranged it so I was back in town on Tuesday when they dig the big count, the the first big absentee count. So I went downtown Fairbanks to to go watch that Division of Elections office, uh, and then I left town, uh, did a run Wednesday Thursday, and then I was back in town on Friday. And uh, usually the way it works is I, I come back into town late one night and I got to wait for him to service the truck uh, so I can go out again the next day. So if I come in really late, I know I'm not leaving until the following afternoon. You're going all anyway. the way to Prudhoe, right? Right. Damn. Yeah. So I come back. I come in like, I don't know, two in the morning, Friday morning or something. And so I know that I don't have to leave right away on Friday uh, anyway. So I go, OK, I'll, I'll hang around long enough to go down to Division of Elections and watch the final count. And uh, so I went, by the time I got down there, they had just finished, um, and uh, a friend of mine had gone to, to watch the count for me to keep an eye on things. So um, <clears throat> got down there, found out what the margin was, and uh, as, I'm, as I'm leaving, and I'm going to leave the Division of Elections, and I'm going to go to work, uh, I got, to, I think it was the ADN that called me and was interviewing me about it. And I, Oh, that's I, what it was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think Brooks was like, uh, and he's on his way to back to the hall road or yep. something. I said, Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, uh, yeah, found out I won that Friday and then, uh, got on the road that night. And, and even when I interviewed, when, when we came back, we'll talk about the general, but when I came down and with kale and it was, uh, October, mm-hmm. I think September, October, uh, middle of September. Yeah. You were after our interview, which was by the pipeline, mm-hmm. you were going on the, you were going to work, right? Yep. Like right after we were done, you're like, I got to go get on the truck and go up to the yep. Prudhoe. Yep. Because, uh, well, you don't get paid to be a, you, you get paid to be a senator, but you don't get ca- paid to be a candidate, you know. So I, I still had to work for a while. I worked until uh, the end of September. Yeah, and, because you didn't have, even after you won, you didn't um, start getting paid till January. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I've got to, I got to, you know, start to, you know, I, I still had to, I still had to, you know, pay my mortgage and everything. So I get back on a road and then uh, uh, for all of October, I took the entire month of October off to uh to go out and knock on doors and you know wave signs on the street corner and and all that sort of stuff and um so you know I, my savings account was uh pretty darn close to zero by the time the 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 uh, election happened um and then I mean, so so you so you're, you're not only campaigning to win you're really campaigning to you know it's it's has much more of an impact on your life winning than somebody who's you know retired or you know right. doing very well or Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you talk about, you know, a citizen legislature. Well, like, that's what I am. I am the citizen legislator. You know, a lot of these guys are. Well, we don't, I don't think we have a citizen legislature. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. So we hard. used to. Even like, you know, I was Sarah Rasmussen, you know, she's young, two kids, her husband's here. It's very hard. Right. And she has a job back in it. You know, she's an appraiser and it's not easy to do these both of and You're technically supposed to. That's how it was set up. But right. it's gone to this other kind of 
extreme where a lot of retired folks, mm-hmm. a lot of lawyers, you know, a lot of yeah, a lot of independently kind of wealthy people. Yeah, back in December, my wife was complaining because you know after the election's over and they certify and everything, they know who's coming down. Then then all these people in Fairbanks want to start having meetings with me. You know everything from the hospital to I had- yeah. How that goes when you how that I was going to ask you about like what changed as soon as the so primary. I'm sure cha- changed. That was like oh you know he's right. going to be the guy probably right. Um, but after the general, mm-hmm. um, what what changed in your life? So immediately, not yet, because uh, we had. Uh, it was it about three weeks before between the actual election and then they finally certified because they're waiting for all the absentee ballots to come through and stuff. So, um, you know, I've got a little bit of time. So I uh, I went back to work about two days after the uh, after the election and start driving again. And uh, so, I mean, at that point, it was, oh, crap, my my savings account is is gone. I'm, I'm broke. I got to go back to work. And so I, I try to work as much as I can. And, and it took about three weeks for the election to finally get you know, all the votes to come in and then they certify everything and stuff. And, and for a while there, you know, I mean, there were so stinking many absentee ballots out that even though I had a good healthy margin at the beginning, you're not really sure until mm-hmm. they get all those absentees in. So it's just kind of, a, all right, well, I'll go back to work and I'll, it, the, the, the result will come in when it comes in and there's not much I can do to, to change that. So, so for the, for the, the, your general was kind of odd because there was Marna Sanford who mm-hmm. was, um, an independent who ran in the Democratic primary. Right. Um, and No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, she was independent. No, there, there was no Democrat. Yeah. There was no Democrat. Not officially, no. Yeah, I, I made a mistake there. So she was a petition independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no Democrat person uh, right. for, from the primary. Um, and there was this guy, Evan Eads, who was also a petition independent. Right. And we, we interviewed all three of you guys for our profile we did in September. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll, be, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, Marna had a lot of money and the District 4's you know, got a mm-hmm. Democrat. So I, I, and you didn't have a ton of money at that point yet. Still, you, you raised some money afterwards, but I did later. She yeah. was, had a lot of money. Right. And looking at it, uh, how many votes does this Evan Eads guy get? Mm-hmm. He later dropped out, but it was after the deadline. So he right. was still on the ballot, but I was kind of, um, surprised cause you, you got more than half the vote. Oh yeah. And a three way. Right. And a lot of people I think were, I mean, they, Democrats and a lot of, you know, folks, then, you know, the kind of the progressives were looking at that seat. That's our, cause I mean, the Senate's so fragile, right. Any seat and, um, a lot of the observed, but I mean, you, to your credit, I mean, you, you got, it wasn't even close. <laughs> I was, I was very surprised, honestly, at the result. Um, so and Marta's, you know, on the school, uh, the, the, um, borough assembly. Borough assembly yep. And she's well known. She works for 10 and not chief. So, I mean, she's not mm-hmm. like a, like a nobody person, people people know her, so she has some right. name has some name ID too. Right, right, yeah, and and she's you know born and raised in the interior as well, just as much as I am. So I mean, she's got those deep connections too, um, much more politically connected than I was beginning with. Um, and I I was looking at the numbers beforehand, and I so I went back and I looked at like the 2016 election results, and that was uh, Senator Coghill against uh, Luke Hopkins, mm-hmm. also Greer Hopkins' dad. Correct. Yeah. Gary Hopkins, you had former Fairbanks borough mayor, you know, so, you know, big time name and everything. And he won by 6%. And so I went and I looked at the, at kind of, the that vote. was a head. There was no third, third person, right? It was heads nope. up. Just, just the two of them. They didn't even, neither of them even had primary challengers. Um, and so I went back and I looked at those numbers and I looked at the numbers from the voter registrations and I said, okay, well the district leans Republican, not a lot, but a little bit. Okay. If Senator Coghill won it by 6%, then in a two-way race, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll win it by three or four percent, and then election night results come in, and I'm up 
I'm up on on Marna like almost two to, about two to one. Yeah, I'm going. Holy crap! Well, and then the reason I the reason I thought what was the final? Would you get fifty? Fifty eight percent for me. So the reason I thought it was going to be closer is because one of her you know, she had a lot of money, right? But two, it's an open seat at that point. Right. Where there's no, you know, Coghill, you know, in sixteen was an incumbent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you combine the open seat, and um, I guess what do you attribute the the big margin to? Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, some of it was strategy. Some of it was just kind of what was going on in the time. The strategy for us was North Pole is the conservative area. It's the most conservative area in Fairbanks. So the strategy was make sure North Pole gets to the poles. So I sent, so for my door knocking, I spent the vast majority of my time out in North Pole. I had uh, a couple of friends out there helping me door knock in North Pole, and we hit every house that we could. I was out there seven days a week knocking on doors. Do you think Trump, Sullivan, kind of Don Young, but really Trump, do you think that helped? I mean, I think it helps some. I think it helps some. Uh, it it's actually interesting if you look at the the district b as a whole i think sullivan did slightly better than trump um that, that was not just there it was, there was some fair or anchorage districts where that was the same thing yeah um so i mean I, having having uh trump and sullivan on the on the ballot to help draw people out to the polls i think that helped too um and but prax was unopposed right he was correct so there was no big draw for three and then nope hopkins did have an opponent what was that guy's name keith uh, kerber kerber yeah yep yeah, he had a lot of, when I was up there, he had a ton of, got a lot of signs up. <laughs> Keith, he was signed. He was Keith signs. was working his tail off. Keith's actually a, a, a good friend of mine. We've known each other for about 25 years. Um, he was working his tail off. He he recently retired, uh, what, in 2019, I think. So, I mean, he had time and, and he was working his tail off and partly for himself. And he was also, uh, for part of the campaign, he was knocking on doors, handing out my stuff too. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was helpful. Um, so some of it was was you know just kind of the 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 strategy of it you know we try to make sure we get North Pole to the polls we we run a, a good campaign um, we had some ready we we got some money in the last couple of weeks of the campaign so we were able to put out a little radio uh, blitz for like the last week of it um, so I think that probably helped especially driving people to the polls um, but the uh, I, I think the other part of it again was people were ready for change and I think uh, to some extent because. Marna came in with the big machine and she had kind of some of the, the, um, the traditional players behind her, you know, she had a bunch of union money and some of the unions were running yeah, IEs she, for, her. she was running as a, a petition independent, but she did get money from democratic party and yep. the democratic, cause we, we were following that race. We we're looking at the money that was coming in. So, right. And, but there, there was, did you have any independent groups helping you out or? I found out afterwards that there were two. I thought there was just one, but I found out afterwards there was a second. Uh, so there was one group that was running some camp, running uh, a couple of uh, radio ads, f- helping me out. And I saw some flyers. I didn't even know about the flyers until I was out knocking on doors and I saw one hanging out of somebody's mailbox. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, uh, <laughs> not my, not for my campaign. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, we didn't spend that money, but okay, whatever." Um, so were you? Um, <clears throat> And not to get into like the details, but mm-hmm. um, were you talking to the other kind of senators after the primary or were you kind of more, was it more after the general? Did you start having the, because everybody's always trying to organize. I mean, we, mm-hmm. all, we all know that's like the big, who's going to be president, who's going to be in leadership, who's going to be where. So I got, I, I started talking to a couple of people before the primary. Uh, that was uh, uh, Mike Shower especially. 
but I was able to, you know, I was able to at least talk on the phone with a couple of other people uh, prior to that. Then after the after the primary was over, um, we had a big Republican Senate fundraiser uh, down in Anchorage. I was, I was there for that. Oh, that's right. Matt Nuska Brewing. Yeah. Yep. That was a crowded room, man. That was that was <laughs> popping. Yeah, that was it was back in August, maybe early September. September, yeah, yeah, about mid September. And uh, so we had we went down <laughs> for that. That one, that one lady who uh, was running against Willikowski. What was her name? Uh, oh, Madeline Geiser. Matt, yeah, she was up there, and I was like, I was like, who is that lady? I didn't know who it was. I was like, who's that person standing there? Right, right. And it was it was interesting. There were there were uh, three of us that were brand new. It was myself, Madeline Geiser, and, and Roger Holland, who just speaking Kathy Geisel. And, uh, you know, everybody else that that's up there on stage, you know, they've, they'd all been here a while and stuff. Well, I remember they didn't have, they didn't have a, Senator Machiki was telling me they, they didn't have a microphone or a, or like a, a speaker. Oh, yep. So yep. He was kind of shouting and I was, I was thinking, man, you guys got to find like a bullhorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty small space. You blow somebody's ears out with a bullhorn, mm-hmm. but, um, yes, you know, so, so, you know, we got a lot of these guys that, uh, you know, they've been around a while and, and, uh, I think. I mean, Josh Revac had only been in a year because he'd gotten appointed midway after Chris Birch died. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Shower had been here three years at that point. But everybody else had kind of been, even if they weren't necessarily in the Senate that long, they'd been in the legislature at least for a while. You know, Stedman, um, Stevens, mm-hmm. I think Bishop was 16, right? He was a little bit He newer. was 12. Was he 12? Is it that long? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you sure? I, I didn't yep. realize it was that long. Um, but yeah, I mean, some, you know, some of them had been around since, you know, Stedman and, and Stevens and... Um, was I don't think Hoffman was there. Was he wasn't there? He was no, because he, he said that he said that one out. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, technically a Democrat, so no, he, he wasn't there. We were... He's a free agent. <laughs> He's been in the legislature since the eighties. Yep, it's in, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, that guy. No, he probably. I gotta I, get the Lyman Hoffman podcast. <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to go back to statehood and see if anybody had anybody since statehood has been here longer than him. He might. I think he might. Record. I think he might be the longest serving. I think there was somebody else. Um, I used to know this. There was somebody else who had served quite a long time. Al Adams had been here a while, too. Yeah, I think he's the longest. I mean, he's been, I think it was like 86, 87. Maybe he was elected in 86. Yeah, something. I can't remember if it was 86 or 88, one of the two. But yeah. It, it, yeah I think he was in the here. House for a term, and then he popped over to the Senate. Yeah, I'd, so, have, to, so, I'd have to look again. Survived several redistrictings, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's coming up next. I mean, you're, you're, you could be up again. Oh yeah, um, I'm. I got into this assuming I would be, because uh, there is a possibility. But there's that at least I don't ten, have to. there's at least ten seats up every every time for mm-hmm. so at least half the seats are up. Right. Um, but then in 2012, I went back and checked, and I think there was 17, seven Senate seats up. So there was yeah. seven more than normal. And 20, 2002, I think there was 19. Yep. So it depends. I think <clears throat> the district has to retain. I think it's at least 70 percent, or maybe it's. It's some number it's got to retain. If it changes by yeah. too much, then you could get tech. You could get, um, in some cases, paired up with somebody else, right? Uh, or, or you just get a different district and you have to run again, right? I, I don't think I'll get paired up with anybody given where I live. I don't um, think you. Yeah, I don't think you will. But, but that, no. some people have had in the, in the past. I think uh, um, two two Fairbanks. Uh, who was it? Uh, Joe Thomas and Joe Pascavan. I think got paired up, didn't they? Two thousand twelve. No, I think. No, Pascavan, I thought, got beat by Pete Kelly. Um, so, Joe, no, Joe Thomas got paired up with John Coggill. Right. Okay. That's right. Yep, in, in 2012. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's uh, so, I mean, we got three Fairbanks senators myself, Scott Kawasaki, and Click Bishop. And Scott and Click live 
both live way on the other side of Fairbanks for me. So I'm not worried about getting paired up with somebody. I could end up with a pain in the butt district to run in though. Um, with Fairbanks, the way things are working, Fairbanks has five and a half house districts and we're going to lose that half to Matsu. Yeah. Valley's Valley's going to pick up a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Valley's going to pick up what one or one and a half house seats, I think. So, um, so we know that, basically the five main house seats that we have are all going to have to expand a little bit and kind of move outwards a little. And so I live in house three. And so I've kind of got an idea of where house three is going to have to go. It's probably going to, uh, you know, pick up Moose Creek, maybe even pick up Ileson. Are you going to keep Pagoda? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That's important. I love Pagoda. I went there with <laughs> Kale and we had the, it was like a sweet, oh, what the hell was it? Some kind of almond. If folks don't know Pagoda. Oh, the like, almond chicken. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it was some other sweet, deal they had i don't know what it was it was the best freaking food pagoda is just kind of chinese pagoda's is, uh, pagoda's asian spot awesome. over there in north pole very very good when, when when my wife wants to go out for chinese she won't go anywhere but pagoda now uh we've tried all the chinese places in fairbanks and north pole she won't go anywhere but pagoda now that's the, that's the spot <laughs> it's awesome so um i mean we got a kind of an idea of what's going to happen with house three the i mean you know the numbers are all going to change but the uh the question is how they pair them up so i mean i could get paired up with three and four again roughly i could get paired up with three and two that's uh, uh steve thompson's district that's mm-hmm. the basically the east side of fairbanks fort wainwright uh kind of the other half of badger road that i don't have or the other possibility because this has happened before is i could get it paired up with in the richardson highway district so i could end up running having to run a campaign going from north pole all the way to valdez so i think shower has uh the shower have I think shower has that kind of yeah where, and and mm-hmm. even Giesel years ago she had kind of had to run every two years for like six years but at one point she had um, done to the peninsula mm-hmm. and then um, I think some people in the valley had you know I think shower goes to Valdez he does so you got I mean it's like currently you're kind of like an Anchorage situation like where my district is you can just drive across the thing in like five minutes right it's it's very it's very dense but other districts like in the rural Alaska or some of these even Fairbanks or Valley, you know, they stretch out to like way out there. Sure. So sure. it becomes, you know, a lot more difficult to campaign compared to like a, you know, kind of a condensed Anchorage or Fairbanks district or even Juneau, you know, there's right. Juneau's pretty. Yeah. And the other, the other part of it that may happen is um, I'm guessing as the Valley has to pick up more districts. So that district that shower has that, that goes all the way to Valdez, it, it actually stretches halfway down the Glen highway all the way over to Sutton and Chickaloon. So if the Valley picks up another district, you know, they might lose that Sutton area. And then that, that Richardson highway corridor, it could end up picking up like the Alcan portions as well. So, I mean, I, I could end up having to drive to, you know, Torque, Toke and Northway to, mm-hmm. to campaign too. And- well, and the other thing is because of the COVID and all the census stuff, you know, the, the normally the, the census data should have been mm-hmm. turned in by March and, and everything should have been kind of started. The process of the map making and right. uh, drawing the maps would have been the summer. And now they aren't going to get the final stuff till September. Right. And it sounds like the, the draft maps aren't going to be until end of the year, maybe early next year. Right. And then you have a you know review process and all that. So you, you're going to have a situation where people aren't really going to have a solid idea of where they're running. Right. Until early next year, maybe maybe next spring. Right. And I remember in 2012, I had run and that was redistricting. Mm-hmm. And I used to be, I kept Chris talk. He's my rep. And I used okay. to have, I used to have Kevin Meyer back then. Oh, okay. But then we switched and I, I went to Lisa McGuire because the district kind of, kind of rotated Lines around. Yeah. The, it, it's a way there's this place like Jewel Lake and Anchorage, Sand Lake, and it's shifted over from there. And then it went to South Anchorage, Bayshore, Ocean View. Mm-hmm. And then I kept my other part kind of. So mm. I remember uh, I had filed it and I switched to run for the Senate. 
but it was uh, summer 2012 and there was all these challenges and lawsuits and right. it was really unclear if the districts were going to change, right. stay the same. So they ended up uh, doing a draft map and they adopted it for the purpose of that election. Then they, they changed it the next year. Right. Um, and mine didn't change at all, but I think Fairbanks had some, some issues and Fairbanks had some changes. Southeast. Yep. And then, so 14 was a different map. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was kind of, the, now we're on that map until now, but they're going to, every 10 years, you know, they, they, they'd have to change it. Right. You're right. You know, normally the, the deadline to get the new maps out is September 30. Well, they, I mean, the feds told them a couple of months ago that you're not even going to get the data until the middle of September. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we're lucky, we'll have maps by Christmas and, uh, you know, most people, most people don't file to run until they see the maps because they want to know, you know, hey, am I in a district I'm going to be able to win? Am I going to get paired up running against somebody else living in my district? You know, um, I mean, you, you can file with APOC and raise money and right. kind of just say, not say what you're going to run for and, right. you know, hope, hope to. And then if it doesn't, if it goes, something happens, if it goes bad and yeah. you decide you don't want to do it, you can refund the money or whatever. But it does make it difficult to campaign and to know, know right. kind of how to structure your Right. Campaign. Right. Yeah. And the, and the big thing is that, you know, the, during the during the legislative session, you're not allowed to raise any money. So, uh, you know, I could you know, if we don't get the maps until February, well, and I don't want to declare until the maps come out, then I'm toast. You know, now I'm now I'm stuck with I can't declare until, you know, we get out of here in May next year. And then it, I mean, you could very you know, abbreviated you, campaign season. Then. You, could, you could declare, you know, now, I guess, and say, say you're going to. But you don't you don't even know if you're going to be up, you know, so that makes right. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Screw, it's screwy. I, I think technically you can start declaring in July. 18, 18 months before the election. Yeah. yeah so that, yeah, it's June or July or something. But yeah, so, you it'd know, be, you it'd be March. So it's August as the primary. So it'd be, I think it's like March of the previous year. So oh, you, I thought you, it was, I thought it was 18 months from the general. Uh, 18 months from the election. Okay. So in this case, the primary, you, normally everybody, you file for the primary first. So Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Unless you're doing a petition, which is no longer exists. With the, that's a whole other thing. We got the ballot measure too. Yeah. That's a whole other uh, layer here of the election next time. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a, as a pretty conservative guy, if I end up in a pretty conservative district, then, you know, I should be okay, uh, even with ballot measure too. But if they put me in you know, find some way to put me into, you know, kind of a, uh, are you an Esther? Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, it could be a whole nother story. I mean, if I, I look at, uh, the, you know, the four candidates that declared for this seat last year, myself, Senator Coghill, Martin Sanford and Evan Eads, you, if you put those four up last year under ballot measure two conditions, uh, it probably would have come down, you know, I, myself and Evan would have fallen off. I think Evan would have fallen off first. You might have. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Co- yeah I think you're right. I think co- I think it becomes a Coghill Marna, yeah, deal. It, exactly. Uh, I I would say that. And I, honestly, the way things went, I think Marna probably would have won that one uh, if it had been all four of us together. But yeah, it, it very much changes the calculus. It changes how you want to how you run. It changes how you run your campaign. Maybe even here. Here's the weird one: is it actually changes who you want to declare on the ballot? You know, you know, do you want to try to bring in you know, some of your crazy friends to make you look not quite as bad. Uh, you know, that's, well, that's and, one that and, and I've, I've said that, you know, a lot of people say this is going to be the, the kind of panacea for getting moderates, but you know, everybody's clever and camp, you know, parties and individuals mm-hmm. are clever. So they're going to start just, just like now they, you know, people will have a placeholder and a Democrat or Republican side just in case. And right. they do th- different things and they're clever. Um, they start putting some, some kind of loons in some of these races. Right. Um, or just stack in the ballot just with mm-hmm. people to, because it's top four, but if it's just two people, then it's just two. Right. Go. But, or, or three go if it's less than four. Yeah, so, but if it's top four, you know, maybe three Republicans run. 
maybe, maybe, <clears throat> maybe, maybe people start to get, um, yeah, people are clever. They're smart and they're going to find ways to, I'm actually curious. I'm thinking of maybe this summer at some point going to Maine and oh, just uh-oh. talking to people and saying, what do you guys, what do you guys do? Cause this is the second time they've, they've ran the right. rank choice. And you know, so they Collins, put it in, in 18, right? 16 passed in 16. Okay. So 18 and 20. <clears throat> so okay. that, you know, Susan Collins won reelection, but I'm more curious about the, 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 the uh, state level, the legislature. Right. And like who's winning and did the same people get elected? Did new people get elected? Did it change the makeup of the legislature? Did it go one way or the other? Yeah. Um, and we have a we have a different one, actually. We have the top four and then the ranked. They they have, um, I believe theirs is, how does theirs, theirs is different than ours. It's not, they don't have a top four deal. Oh, okay. I think they still have primaries. Okay. I, believe. Yeah. I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I know they had the ranked part, but I hadn't looked into it further than that. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you put that ranked choice voting in there and uh, the, I've, I've been reading some articles about ways that people, different people have been gaming the system because Maine and Alaska are the first ones to do it on a statewide level. But there's been a lot of places around the country. Oh, that San Francisco and right. a lot of local um, cities and yeah, lo- local governments do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of a lot of city governments have been doing it and stuff. So, I mean, there's some there's been some very creative ways people have tried to game the system under a ranked choice voting scheme. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, throughout the state, especially in districts that, uh, you know, are that already heavily lean one way or the other. Yeah. People always find, I mean, either on purpose or on accident. I mean, in my case, you probably saw my thing. I was an independent petition, Mm -hmm. independent Mm -hmm. and, and Senator Renamoff almost lost to crazy QAnon guy who thinks George Floyd wasn't real. Mm hmm. Barely squeaked it out. The Democrat in the situation was supposed to get out of the race. She decided not to. Right. And that had an impact. I mean, I was like, I can't win. Yeah. You know, so people are always doing these things where you can't control what someone does or they do something to, to hurt, you know, hurt you or right. impact the race. So it's going to be the same thing with ballot measure, too. I'm curious who's going to end up filing in some of these <laughs> some of these races. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely be it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, they say that okay, it it makes people, you know, the end result is more moderate, but you know, moderate's on a scale. So if, you know, if I'm the conservative guy, well, how do I make myself look moderate? Well, I grab a couple of guys that are, you know, even lunier, <laughs> even lunier than I am and put them on a ballot and all of a sudden I'm the guy in the middle. You guys should run. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to say a lot of folks are pretty surprised um, that you have a philosophy degree, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So I heard that. My friend John Anderson told me that. I said, what? I said, <laughs> I, uh, really? No, no. It, it's, it's a perfect degree for a truck driver because a philosophy major, all you do is you sit around and argue. And or you can think a lot. That, that too. That too. You, you think a lot and then you stand around and argue. And, you know, what do truck drivers do? Well, we're out by ourselves and we, 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 we have plenty of time to think. And then what happens when we get with other truck drivers? We stand around and we chew the fat and we argue all the time. So, I mean, it's kind of a perfect degree. But, uh, yeah, I went to, I went to UAF. Um, so I graduated high school in 2001, went to UAF. Uh, I was able to cram four years of college into six, graduated in 2007. I was the same way. I think I was, I was in the seven-year plan. Okay, yep. That's a Tommy boy. A lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> right. I didn't come out with that kind of a degree, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was, oh, I'm, I'm even more messed up than what you heard. I, I started off my, my uh, college career as a computer science major. Um, so I was, I was uh, learning, to pr- learning to code. And uh, so I, I d- did that for a couple of years and decided that that, that wasn't for me anymore. So I took a, I, I got out of that. I ended up with a major in philosophy, minors in history and poli sci. Excuse me? So, uh, yeah. Can you grab her a pen there, Rob? Sorry, folks. We got a little bit of a... Oh, thank you. No worries. Got the windows open here. It's kind of a little, little hot here in Juneau. At the, <laughs> the great Meba um, Marine... 
Engineer Benevolent Association building. They, they let, us, let me use the place for the podcast. Yeah, all these uh, all these old buildings. Some of them don't have the best circulation. So you were saying you were learning to code. That's that's the, yep. the hip hip thing now. Learn to code. Yep, yep. So I, I started off as a I started off college as a computer science major. I'd done a couple of classes in in high school. Decided that's what I wanted to do. Got into it. Did about two years, and I decided that was not what I wanted to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing okay with it. I was you know I was. Thank you. So I mean I was. I was still like a B average. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like I was, you know, failing out or anything like that. I just decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And so I switched over, got a philosophy degree. And, you know, I, I remember there was one guy I told that I, uh, I told him I'd switch my major and <clears throat> he looked at me and he said, were you tired of being employable? Okay. I, um, my, I went to school and I, I grew up in New Mexico. I went to university of New Mexico for a year before I moved to Alaska when I was 19. Okay. But I started off at civil engineering and one semester later, I was like, yeah, fuck that. That's hard. <laughs> I ain't doing that. Right. Um, and then I moved up here, and then um, I always love history, and I got a history and economics degree, which, again, that's the employable. And I right, yep. Started working Especially in, in the state. I started working in IT after college. Oh, so you did the reverse of me then. I, I did. Well, I was in IT sales and account management. But, yeah, I wasn't coding, but I was working in the IT sector because, okay. All right. you know, it's, um, it's a big in- industry. And right. If you can, you know, my the first guy who hired me, he knew I could talk to people, and I go, I don't even know what a server is. He goes, I don't care. Just, just you need to talk to people and tell them we can fix their computers. Right, right. To do their IT stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy where the, the road's life takes you. I mean, the other, the other big thing that happened to me when I was in college is during the summers, that's when I started driving because I started driving tour bus. And, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, you know, when they ask me, you know, how I, how I do politics and how I learned to do this stuff, I learned to drive in tour bus. That's, that was really it. You know, you, you stick 40 people on the tour bus, say, drive them around Fairbanks, tell them about how much you love this town, and uh, we'll give you another 40 people to do the same thing with tomorrow. I say, great. Most days I do that for free. So if I can get paid for it, even better. Um, but, you know, they, they got me, uh, they, uh, they paid for me to get my CDL. And so I, I was able to, to start driving that way. And uh, uh, that's what I did throughout uh, my summers in college. And then once I got out of college, then I was able to uh, convert it from a, a bus driving license over to a truck driving mm-hmm. license and uh, <clears throat> start driving, driving for a couple of small companies in Fairbanks and, you know, kind of work my way up through the ranks. And, and by 2012, I was, you know, driving doubles down the parks highway. And, and uh, so, yeah, here I sit and it, it's all because I needed a summer job and I decided to drive a tour bus. So you talked about dealing with people and the tour bus. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a big part of any, any, where you know any profession or being successful in the mm-hmm. world is relationships, and without naming names, I mean some of those people in that building don't—they don't have the best people skills. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, that's a big problem because I mean the whole building is about people. I mean it should be about people skills. It, it is, it is, and and I mean shoot, I think most people got in there got better people skills than I do. I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of an introvert. I'm usually happier with a good book than I am with with most people. But you got to join Landmine Book Club. <laughs> I keep telling you. Yeah. You're assuming I have time to read anything these days. But. Well, that's a good point, but it's it's fun. We we have a once a month meeting, and yeah, John um, keeps telling me I need to. John, get in yeah, on my that. friend John's in it, and, yep. and we've uh, had some great books, and it's uh, pretty fun. We'd, we have Gabrielle Ledoux in our book club, so you, you could be a you know the Senate side. You know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. So um, yeah, actually, and that's and that's what I do. You know, at work a lot is uh, you know when I'm driving up driving up the hall road. You know, Fairbanks to Prudhoe, you get twelve hours of no cell signal. Which, you know, when I started in on that uh, a few years ago, it was, oh, I got 12, 12 hours of no cell signal. I hope nothing goes wrong. And, ne- you know, after last year, especially after the, the primary was over, and now I'm the candidate. 
Now it's, oh, 12 hours of no cell signal. It's so peaceful. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was the other way. You <laughs> exactly. did the audiobooks or? I do a ton of audiobooks. Uh, I found an app on my phone that I can connect my Burrow library card to. And so I can download audiobooks for three weeks at a shot. And so I'll go through about two, three audiobooks a week. And then I got a couple of podcasts I listen to and stuff. And uh, so, I mean, that's. Maybe you can listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's, there, so, there we go. so it's funny. I, I've listened to audiobooks and I can do it, but I don't know. For some reason, I just. For me, I, I I retain it better if I if I read it, but mm-hmm. but I do like audio. I mean, it's 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 you know on those long drives, it does it does um it does make the time go by. It does it does it really helps. Uh, one of the things that is really infuriating is when you get an audio book that actually has like a really interesting topic, but the guy reading it sounds kind of like this, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. trying to stay awake on the whole road. Yeah, I I just have to turn it off. Nope. All right, gotta find another one. Um, so, I mean, I'll download four or five of them in a shot and, uh, you know, just listen to two or three of them over the course of a week and all right, well, return those, grab a few more and, you know, that's a hell of a way to get an education that way. You know, yeah. Hall Road University almost. So your, your plan is to, after whenever session and we, we don't even, I think likely it's going to go over into a special session, but maybe, <laughs> maybe not, but I think that's kind of where it's headed. I'm, but. I'm hearing everything from May 19 to June 30 at this point. So, I mean, who knows? It's a big range. <laughs> it is at that. So your job, you just kind of, are you telling them, Hey, I'll be back when I'm back and pretty much. Yeah. Um, one good thing about the company I work for is that they don't really have any set routes and the way they work. Um, and this is, this is kind of good for the customers too, is they plan everything last minute. I will, there, there are days that I call my boss at eight in the morning and say, where am I going today? Mm -hmm. And so to not have me available for four months, they go, okay, fine, whatever. We'll, we'll plug another driver into your spot. We don't care. I have the feeling regardless. Um, I think you're at this point, very employable. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Rob looking for, what do you do? Oh, I'm in the Senate. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> I interviewed decent at least, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean they you know, I talked to them before I left and you know they're happy to have me back and, and stuff and I'm I'll be happy to be back and again go back to that twelve hours and no cell signal and it'll be it'll be nice. Do the audiobooks. Exactly. Well Senator Myers, it's been great doing doing the podcast. You're you're one of the uh like I said, you're one of the working people in the legislature, and there's not a ton, so. Yeah, yeah, I kind of break the mold on that one a little bit. Are you having fun? I mean, you, I watch you in the committee. You seem like you, you're very um, thoughtful. You seem like you really research or you know what you're, like your amendments, or you very, you very much seem to know what you, you're talking about. I try to. Some I people try introduce to. amendments, and it's like they don't even know what the amendment is. Well, I mean, like. this is the, 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 you know, the, the, one of the failings of politics is you stick a microphone in front of somebody's face and they think they actually have to say something. And I kind of sit there and go, well, okay, I, I want to say something, but if I'm going to say something, I wait until I have something worth saying, at least something that, you know, somebody might actually want to listen to. And so, you know, you, you see me sitting in judiciary committee, especially, and, you know, depending on the topic, I'll sit there and, you know, I'm there for an hour and a half and, don't have a single word come out of me, but then, you know, you get other topics that come up and, you know, I'm, I'm half of the words from the entire committee is coming out of me. So, you know, it, it goes back and forth. Well, I think it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun watching you. You're, you're one of two new senators, you and Senator mm-hmm. Holland. So yep. not a, not a, not a big, what's that? 10, 10% turnover. So not a, right. not a big one. Well, not this year. If it, I, I was taking a look at it doing a little research project for something else I was doing and, uh, over the last uh, five years, so since 2016, out of the 60 people in the legislature that were here in 2016, only 21 of them were left. Well, the, the House has had a much stronger uh, turnover. Right. Um, the Senate is less so. I mean, because, you know, you get the four-year seats, and then people t- tend to kind of 
stick around. You do. That, that's true. Um, you, I mean, so you only had the two of us turnover this year, but you had, was it three or four seats that turned over in 2018? And then, you know, Chris Birch passed away. So Josh Rivak is, is new, taking his spot. Um, you know, so well, I mean, Kate McKinnon uh, left. Pete Kelly got beat. Yep. Um, who else was there? There was Kawasaki got was new. Yep. Kaws- he, he, he beat Kelly. Right. So. Yep. You know, so, uh, you know, Laura Reinbold took uh, uh, McKinnon's spot. Um, you know, so, I mean, there, there is still some turnover in the Senate. It's a little slower than the House side. Ma- Ma- Meyer, uh, you know, he, he was a ton of governor. Yeah. Yeah. He got a better gig. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, he, he got, he, he got himself elected to presiding officer of the House. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good gig. You know, you, you get elected, you know, you, you go from senator to, you know, unofficial speaker. He kind of joked when he came back to. You know, to come back, he's like, I'm back. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's making those comments, uh, you know, when they can't can't come to vote, you know, can't come to uh, vote on, on somebody. You guys really like me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think he wanted to get the hell out of that Senate or the House, you know. I think right. he's pretty, pretty fed up with having to come there every day. Yeah, yeah, well, at least month. the Senate organized and he didn't have to do both of us at once. Yeah, but. that's right, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a chore. Well, Senator Myers, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking to you, and um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you around. So I'm, I'm here. Appreciate it. You bet. You going, you going to Skits? I will be there tonight, yep. I will also be there tonight, so we'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if anybody decides to. to put a flannel shirt on and play me or something. Yeah, you, you've, you've behaved. I think you're probably me, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine that incident will come up at least once. <laughs> Gotta love the old Terry Miller. <laughs> All right, Senator Myers, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Great, great, great conversation. You bet, Jeff. We'll see you again uh, later. All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.